Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Otcast. Verb. Interview with artists working today. Otcast. Noun. Insights into the work and process. Hello, and welcome to Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Uh, let me just start by saying welcome, Paul, to Oddcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be uh, to be talking to you today. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Okay, my first question is, when, when you're creating a work, <coughs> excuse me, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? Um, not, not right now. Um, I have in the past, um, especially when I was doing figurative work. Um, I kind of looked at uh, figurative painting like building a house. You know, you would start off with a drawing, put that onto the canvas, uh, you know, flush in the light, the, the shades and highlights, uh, the shadows and highlights, and then you just build, you know, you build the color on top of that. Um, very, very formulaic. And, um, when I started doing uh, more abstract and non-objective work, one of the freedoms was, uh, that, that I found th- that I loved was, uh, not having that predetermined outcome, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Being able just to start, uh, get into the materials and let those kind of, let a, let a combination of the materials, um, you know, just kind of an intellectualization and analyzation of what you're, of what you've got down the canvas and some spontaneous acts, you know, dictate the result, you know, and that's been a lot more satisfying for me is, uh, and, and keeps me interested and engaged in the whole process uh, because I never uh, know what a painting is going to look like uh, until it's, until it's at the, the stopping point. And, yeah, I love that, yeah. You know, I think uh, for me, it's 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 kind of boring, and I lose interest any other way. You know, if I if I try to approach it any other way. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that you uh, called it a stopping point. Yeah, I mean, and not yeah. It's yeah. I try to I try not to I try to stay away from the idea of, of a finished work. Um, I think a lot of people kind of do. I mean, uh, I I do want it to be resolved and uh, or resolved enough. Um, but one of the things I've kind of been struggling with, uh, I had a I had a studio visit with Chris Martin at the Vermont Studio Center uh, a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. And one of the one of the things we really talked about was um, what is you know what is enough to make a successful painting? Uh, you know, does it have do all the T's have to be crossed and the I's dotted, or can you just you know what can you almost almost how little can you how little finish can you get away with? And, and yeah. that's something I've been thinking about a lot because I've tended in the past to be pretty obsessive about things like that. But uh, that being said, for my own personal work, I don't really identify with uh, a lot of work you'll see um, that they're call that they're calling a new casualist or um, provisional painting. Um, I-, I love a lot of that work, and I think it's a valid uh, you know avenue uh, to go down. But uh, just for me, I I'm still a little old-fashioned. I think I'm a little grounded in modernism, and I just yeah. like that. I like that finished statement, that work, that work statement. You know, this is the work, and this is what it's saying. And, you know, 
I, I, I like things a little open-ended, but not not too open-ended. That yeah, you find sense. find the right. <laughs> yeah. No, you find the right riff, and you know where you're going to end, or maybe not end, but you know, sort of like you said, to find a stopping point that works. Right, right, and you know the, the great thing about what we do is that can be different for everybody, you know. But yeah, yeah, of course. All right, my next question is, uh, do you use any technology in your work, like photos of the computer or something else? Well, I I do use uh, photos quite a lot, especially when I'm working in a studio that's away from home, because if, if, when I've worked with a studio in the house uh, where I live, um, you know, that's great because you can go in to the studio any time of day or night and look at your work and think yeah. about it and, and keep it in your mind. and But... When I when I have a space away from home, I like to I, I do shoot a lot of photos of the work as it's in process, and uh, you know at the end of the day I'll bring my camera home and bring it into the computer and take a look at oh yeah you know what what I did that day and you know maybe start thinking of some uh, avenues uh, you know to go down the next day when I go into the studio you know yeah um, I think uh, Hemingway did a, a a quote about saying you know when you finish writing for the day, always stop where you know what's going to happen next so that when you go in the next morning, you have a place to begin again and you're not starting cold. Yeah. And uh, I think the using the, the digital photography and the computer at home, looking at my work that I've done that day, that, that kind of helps put me in that uh, kind of uh, situation, that kind of position where when I go in the next day, there's always some things rattling around in my head that I thought about, you know, the night before that, you know, that I want to try out, you know. All right. Let me ask you this: How do you get yourself out of creative block? Well, um, I'm pretty lucky. I, I feel in that uh, I haven't really suffered. The only creative block I've suffered is laziness. Is just a natural laziness. I mean, I get. Oh yeah. Sometimes I get to the point where you know it'll be a couple of weeks before I get back into the studio, and I suppose that's kind of a creative block. But I don't really feel like it is in the true sense that. I just don't know what to do or can't do anything. It's just that, you know, I'd rather be doing other things um, or not working. So, but as far as, uh, I guess, one of the things that would help me avoid that, uh, a, a true, what you're talking about as a true creative block is um, I just work on a lot of pieces at, at one time. Um, I usually have five, six, eight, uh, sometimes ten pieces going at once in the studio. And um, so when I get to a point where, one of the pieces yeah. is being kind of stubborn or I'm not sure what to do, not sure what to work on. I can always move on to something else and, and, and pick up on that one and just, you know, keep rotating them around. And uh, that seems to work pretty well. Um, I seem to keep thinking, plus, plus it's always good to, to put something aside for a little while and have something else to work on, you know, so you can come back to it with fresh eyes and uh, maybe look at it right, a little yeah, differently. And- Right, and even even simple things like you know if the the paint is wet and you don't need it to be, then you have to you either have to wait or you have to you know jump to another painting or right. Yeah, I mean even even uh, working with acrylics, you do, you do experience a little of that. Although I'm I'm so impatient, uh, you know I, I oftentimes have a have a hair dryer in the studio that I'm trying to dry paint with. Yeah, <laughs> keep, keep on working. But uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I use acrylics too, and I have a fan that you know, I I set 
pointed directly at the paintings when I'm right. waiting for the paint to dry. <laughs> even as you said, even acrylics are, you still got to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very impatient. That's, that's probably the main reason I, I switched to acrylics in the first place. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually wasn't sure, like, online. I was, I just realized that this morning that you used acrylics. Yeah, uh, I, I do. Uh, I, I started out when I was younger, I, I, especially when I started doing the, the larger non-objective work. I started out, I was, I was always using, like, house paints and, and uh, things like that. Plus, you hear the myths of the Kooning and Pollock using the old, uh, you know, the oil, oil house paints. Uh, and so yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. But, uh, but you know, actually, a friend of mine from Philly, uh artist named Kevin Finkley, you know, one day he kind of politely said, uh, you know, you need to think about your color more, the quality of what you're using. And, and um, you know, he turned me on to a lot of great acrylic paints like Lascaux and and, uh, and things like that, 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 you know, you can just, you can just get away with adding just a little bit of medium and things like that. And you can get some amazing, amazing vivid results with those things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was this an artist friend? Uh, yes, uh, Kevin. Kevin um, shows. I think he shows at Margaret Thatcher, and he shows at Pentimenti in in, uh, in Philadelphia. Oh, I love Pentimenti. Yeah, he he he's got some great work in there all the time. Uh, usually, yeah. and, and uh, I think he's got a show coming up at Margaret Thatcher uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, actually. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What was his last name? Finkley. Kevin Finkley. Finkley with an F. F I N K L E A. Oh okay. Yeah, I think I, I, you know I don't want to I don't want to say for sure. I think he, I think he went to Tyler, but I'm not but I'm not 100 percent positive. That sounds really f- familiar. I I know if I saw his work, I'd remember it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I'm sure you, you would. You would. He's uh, he's uh, he shows a lot, and uh, you know the Gorky's granddaughter website did a great great video uh, interview. Oh okay, like yeah, yeah. I think he was showing right. up in uh, in uh, Connecticut, New Haven uh, during that show, but yeah. Somebody to check out and look at. Definitely be worth it. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me ask you another question. When did you fall in love with art or feel you became an artist? Uh, let's. Well, I think the first uh, experiences I had with art, um, and and realizing that art was this separate thing. You know, I mean, of course, you know, all kids, you know, are artists naturally, I think, uh, inclined to draw and paint and, col- you know, with color crayons and things like that. But I remember, uh, you know, one of my grandmother had this old picture Bible that, I mean, it was huge and oh, you'd yeah. open it up and there'd be these gorgeous uh, illustrations from old master paintings and things like that. And so that really caught my, caught my attention at a very young age. And then also, of course, uh, uh, comic books, uh, graphic graphic novels and yeah. comic books and things like that were a big, big part of my visual, uh, you know, kind of visual. Yeah, upbringing. they can be so dynamic, can't they? Yeah, yeah, incredible. You know, and I, I remember, you know, I still remember a lot of the work, you know, that I saw. You know, like uh, I used to love uh, John Byrne that drew for the X Men and uh, uh, Steve Ditko of Spider Man and Doctor Strange and Jack Kirby, of course, yeah. and all those guys. You know, so so great and imaginative and dynamic. And, um, you know, so that definitely made an imprint, an impression on me. Um, so for a long time, I wasn't sure, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be some type of artist. I knew I wanted to, to do something that way, but I didn't really know, um, whether it would be like in a more graphic kind of format or, or, um, you know, or it would be more of a fine arts thing. And of course, you know, I still think I have those two dichotomies that, that kind of religious mysticism and, 
the the graphic comic pop stuff kind of battling it out in my in my work, you know, or at least those sensibilities yeah, in yeah. my head. And I, I you know, I, I I don't know if they come out, you know, in the work, but um, that's those are things I think about a lot, you know. So, uh, and you know, I don't really know what it means to to be an artist. Uh, you know, with a capital A, um, yeah. uh, you know, especially nowadays when, you know, Maroon 5 and Britney Spears are recording artists and things like that, you know, <laughs> I don't really know what that means, uh, what, what kind of value yeah. that has, that term has anymore, but, uh, um, uh, you know, but I like what I do. <laughs> I've been just in what I do, uh, making paintings. Uh, I consider right. myself more painter than an artist, I think. And, uh, yeah, that that gets I get common responses like that. They don't necessarily like some of the artists won't. Well, we, I mean we use it because it's common, but we right. you know there, there's like this second tier that oh I'm a painter, I'm a sculptor, you know I'm a maker of things or. Well, I think uh, you know a lot of it might be. I mean you know I don't know. A lot of it might be because art, the term artist might seem a little pretentious nowadays. And uh, but yeah. I have no problem being pretentious. But uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I think painter just seems to fit fit my idea of my my conception of myself better. Um, yeah. If that makes any sense, I don't know. Uh, but you know, I just feel more comfortable with that. And yeah. Also, it it when you say you're a painter, it identifies it at least in my mind. It identifies with me me with other other painters that I admire. You know. Um, so right. I, you know, kind of feel this connection with, with the work and artists that I love when I say that. So that's another reason that I look at it that way. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I, um, you had said something about the comic books, and I forget how you put it exactly, but I, I just want to bring this up because I feel like, I guess you were saying that it, it does, in, you do incorporate some of that. Some of that into your work currently. Well, I I don't I don't necessarily think about it uh, in a in a concrete way that I'm gonna that I'm that I'm uh, bringing some element from that uh, that type of work into my work now. But I think that just if you look yeah. at my work, um, it's bold, it's graphic, um, right? You know, but a lot of that could just as easily come from my my looking, you know, really intently at. The German expressionists and and people like that, you know. So I really don't parse it. I don't I really don't in my head. I don't I don't I don't really divide it up like this much. I'm influenced by this and some sometimes this, but yeah. But yeah. I think all those things are in the mix, definitely. And um, you know, and there's definitely aspects of my work, uh, the the boldness, the brightness, the contrasting colors, uh, those sorts of things that 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 you definitely find in that in that in the work of comics and and pop art and things um you know it's not right, something yeah. intellectually as an artist as an adult artist that i've that i've been uh inordinately drawn to uh that pop pop culture pop art I, I wouldn't say my work is about that but you know i mean it's all in the mix it's all around us um you know and and you're a sum of your of your experiences and and what you've taken in over your whole life and and so you know, I'm sure a lot of that uh, comes through in my work. Yeah. Well, what I noticed this morning, it just dawned on me. Uh, you know, um, it was a great, a great thing to have happen. And what I thought was is that I feel like some of your paintings, um, you tend to use 
like I don't know exactly how you work, but there's definitely like a background, like sort of. A, I would imagine that you know maybe you lay that color in over the whole painting, and then you then you layer another color over over that color, the previous layer. But what I think happens or or can happen is that you're you're almost creating like an arena for the smaller swatches and and swoops and and you know geometric shapes and stuff of color. I mean as if it were I was watching a play and this the the first layer or the back the background as I'm calling it is like the set design and then everything else is kind of the actors in front of that. Yeah, I see yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Uh that's not really that's not really something I'm real conscious of, but I but I I definitely um understand that that interpretation of it. Uh I think that there definitely is a figure ground relationship. I, I definitely work yeah. that way. Um where uh these and there's a hierarchy of forms and colors. You know, this is like this is the most important if you if you want to say character or, or you know or form. Um right. you know, and these are supporting forms or supporting characters that are that are, that are working to, to to bring it all together. You know, I, I I can definitely uh you know understand that interpretation. Um um great writer John Yao did a did a uh a wonderful essay for my last catalog my last show in Philadelphia and he um he acknowledged that the, it wasn't necessarily my intent but that for him a lot of the, the paintings read um as almost these environments kind of like what you're talking about you know that yeah glimpses in these environments and um you know glimpses into these hidden uh spaces behind the forms and so so he 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 too <laughs> talked about it in in, in similar terms um oh cool yeah so you're in good company there. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> oh great I, that's that's good to hear and I'm, I'm glad that you received it well <laughs> yeah I, like i said i i i don't personally um it's, it's not something i'm really that i'm, I'm really conscious of that I, that I really think about um to me especially at the beginning uh the work is all about the materials i just start like, I don't even have any preconceived colors I'm going to use or anything like that. That all evolves as the work progresses. Um, I do a lot of alternating. I'll, I'll, uh, I use these, these yardsticks that I get from the hardware store, these wooden cheap yardsticks, and I, yeah. I squirt out some color and I drag it down the painting. And uh, then, oh, okay. then I'll uh, draw some forms, some quick forms over the top of that, and then I'll put other layers, squeegee other layers across, until I get this kind of um, uh, until this uh, composition starts to coalesce, starts to come together a little bit, and I start to see things that I want to compromise, uh, I mean to um, capitalize on, or some things I want to minimize or paint out, and there's a lot of going back and forth in my mind between what to leave in and what to leave out. And um, that's, that's a, that's a tension that I want to be apparent in my work. Uh, that tension of what you keep and what you do away with and how those things yeah. are constantly jostling and competing with each other um, in the work. And of course the, the contrasting colors help with that perception. And um, so that's mostly what I'm thinking about. It's not, it's not, not only formal issues, but but predominantly, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm when I'm painting, I'm concerned with the formal qualities of the work. 
it's only later when I look back at a, at a body of work right. and I see uh, a form that continually um, keeps popping up that I keep using over and over. And I start thinking, oh, well, you know, why, do I, why am I using that? What is this? And then, you know, I, I might think, oh, yeah, that reminds me of such and such that I saw, you know, months ago. Or, you know, I mean, so so I don't really think of content in those terms usually. It's only after the fact that I start thinking of what what the content might mean. But but that being said, I'm not I'm not I'm not concerned at all about the content being evident to the viewer. I mean, the viewer can bring whatever they want to it. Um, they can appreciate it on formal terms or uh, just, you know, paint quality and color and, and energy and things like that. Or, um, you know, they can say, oh, that looks like a so-and-so. You know, I, I, don't, really, I don't really mind. It's out of my hands at that point. Yeah, well, it's, it's a good attitude to have because it, the viewer is definitely going to do that. Well, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> As I'm sure whether, you, whether you uh, whether you like it or not, you know, uh, you can you can try as hard as you like to to have you. Well, and you do, you know. I think I think it's incumbent on all of us to, if we have a strong strong idea or a strong vision, you know, it's just natural that we want our interpretation of that vision to be to be in the forefront. Um, right. But you know, it, it leaves your studio and it goes out into this world and, you know, you're not always going to be there with it or your your statement's not always going to be there with it or whatever to to accompany it and to, to explain to people what you're thinking. And, you know, it has to stand on its own. And, and, and part of standing on its own is, is, I think, being open and and being able to be interpreted in a lot of different ways by a lot of different types of people. Right. Let me ask you one more question. Well, there, there's a few more, but <laughs> how do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? Well, I think it does. I think it does do both. I think it does help and hurt. Um, but I think uh, probably helps a little more than it hurts. Uh, one of it is just one of the main things is just that that sense of community that that we were talking about before. Um, just just being able to meet people and see what they're working on. Um, you know, and to develop these relationships and friendships that hopefully, um, you know, will continue in everyday life. You know, uh, yeah. one of the things, you know, I moved back to the New York area two years ago and, um, you know, I would go to, I would show up at openings and I would find that I'd, I recognized like, you know, five or six people at each opening from Facebook, from, from, Oh, wow. <laughs> some sort of Facebook connection with them, and so that made it very easy, you know, to 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 go up and start a conversation and, and to introduce myself and to start start talking and to start this dialogue with uh, with other artists and and you know that that wouldn't have been possible and, and you know a lot of artists you know we're sometimes we're intro, introverted and we don't you know we're not exactly you know these uh, shiny, happy people that want to get out there and mingle and mix and, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it can be intimidating being an opening and not, and not knowing one. And, and, you know, that's, I think that's one of the main things. I mean, one of the main, uh, one of the main things about, about trying to start some sort of dialogue, be part of some sort of dialogue and being in the mix and, and having some sort of career is building your own, um, little tribe, your own group of friends, your own uh, peers that, that you support each other, you help each other, you put each other in shows, you help write write statements with yeah, each other, yeah. you know, things like that, you know. And that's a that's a that's something that, that 
I think the computer has, has really facilitated and really, really helped. Now, on the other side, um, one of the major drawbacks I see uh, with some a platform like Facebook or the computer um, is that a lot of artists just, they do tend to start living on, like you were talking about before, you don't want that to be your goal, but a lot of artists do start living online, and they just put out this glut of, of images and paintings and, and, and it's just, it's almost too much. And, you know, and I think that their, their reputations sometimes suffer as a result of that because maybe a little more editing should go on, you know, um, and, yeah. you know, and, and they should just pick it, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that social media, uh, has, has facilitated in general is that there are no secrets anymore. You know, uh, we, they all just put everything out there, and um, there's no mystery, there's no secrets, there's no nothing. And, uh, you know, I think that's true of, of just people in general, and I think it's true of an artist's work. You know, I mean, sometimes you you have to hold back. And, um, you know, sometimes it's for your own good to hold back a little bit. And, uh, you know... So that that's one of the that's one of the biggest drawbacks I can I can see of it. It's just that that taking it for granted and living a little too much on there. And um, like I know I know so many artists that they'll have a show or they'll have a show coming up and they'll put a lot of their work that's going to be in the show on on the internet or on Facebook to for people to look at you know and give comments yeah. on or whatever. And I always resist that because I want to be surprised and I want the viewers of my work to be surprised when they walk into a, into a gallery and, and see my, one of my shows, you know. Yeah. Cause they're going to have all these ideas about how, you know, the dimensions of exactly. it and, you know, the, the color is not the same. And yeah. And as a painter, you know, that, 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 that uh, it can never be, you can never get what a work is by looking at it online. You have to see it in person. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. feel like it's just like people come in and if they've seen it all online, you know, forever they start saying, oh, yeah, I've seen, I saw that, I saw that, I saw that. And they already have these preconceived ideas about what it is and what you are as an artist based on that. Yeah. Without, and, and that's the whole point of painting is that it should slow things down. It should be, uh, it should be an experience, a slow experience between the actual piece of art and the viewer. And, um, right. I mean, that's what a painting is. That's the value of painting uh, for me. And so if you take that away from it, um, you know, I, I think you're, you're, you're doing yourself and the artwork a, a big disservice. And I think that, to get back to the question, I think that, that the Internet and, you know, social platforms, social media um, play a big part in, in that demystification of work yeah, and art yeah. you know, that I, that I kind of miss sometimes. What feeds your work more? Would you say your your other work, or looking at other art, or life, or something other than that? I, th- I think one of the things that, uh, that 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 seems to feed feed my work in a kind of a roundabout way is um, is is literature a lot because it because of the types of things I'm interested in, the types of things I read, um, kind of I don't know. I I, I want to say they kind of like put you in a mood or put you in a mindset and, and kind of help create the idea of myself as an artist. Like I, I, I some of my favorite um, books um, 
I love the book, uh, The Horse's Mouth uh, by Joyce Carey, um, The Masterpiece by Emil Zola, um, The Agony and the Ecstasy uh, by Irving Stone. Um, things that kind of, it's almost uh, old-fashioned. It is old-fashioned now, you know, this kind of rom- romanticizing of the artist. Yeah, the artist. I was just, that's a good word for that, yeah. And, but, I'm sorry. but to me, I don't know if that's still that's still an important aspect of being an artist um, is that, you know, you don't want to live a life like everybody else, you know, that you, you, you want to be concerned. You want to spend your time doing and being concerned with these other things, these aesthetic questions. And, you know, um, so th- that sort of ro- romanticizing of, of the artist and, and art um, I think has, has, since I was younger, has played a big role of how I saw art and artists, and and so how I see myself as an artist, and and that how I see that world that I've decided to, you know, to inhabit uh, with other artists. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I think that that that, that probably t- plays a, a bigger part than anything else than any. Um, than any concrete thing, you know, like I, I don't really, uh, you know, get away from everything to recharge and then come back to the studio. Um, I don't, uh, you know, th- that sort of thing. Um, uh, my, my artwork, uh, it helps in a, uh, in a, a practical way with, to fuel my art. Like if I see my artwork, you know, I have paintings around the studio, but I, as I'm working, and I see something in one that, that really worked, um, it might work in another painting. So in that sense, you know, that, that having the physical artwork there and, and my artwork kind of fuels new artwork. But on a more yeah. emotional, um, psychological level, what gets me into the studio, what makes me excited about painting and being an artist is those kind of old-fashioned notions, those kind of romanticized ideas about what art and artists are. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's old fashioned, but, you know, it's something that, that fuels my engine. So I can't deny it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, how important do you think the formal training is to an artist? Um, I think that, uh, it is important. Uh, when I was younger, in the early 90s, I, I started actually showing. We lived in Dallas. And I actually started showing in galleries there in um, Deep Ellum, which was their gallery center at the time. And, uh, you know, I started looking at other people's work that I was showing with in these commercial galleries, and and I started thinking, you know, my work could use a little bit of of help. I could, you know, uh, I'm not as far along, I'm not as as developed as some of these other people that I'm showing with. And so I decided to go back to school and get my my BFA. And... uh, you know, I had I had some concerns. I had I, when I when I went, I thought you know school is going to, you know, just turn me out into this little mold maybe, or you know I'll lose some of the yeah, things yeah. that are like really intrinsic to to me and to my you know what makes my art my art and all this. But I found that 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 really didn't happen. Um, it, all it did was it, it re- refined my approach. It expanded my horizons a great deal. Um, it introduced me to so many different kinds of art and artists that I would never have, have or, or you know, maybe I would have, but it would have taken me a lot longer to be introduced to on my own. Um, 
Right. One of the the major things I I, I find though about school is that if uh, if artists would take advantage of the art history programs and stuff at their schools because that to yeah. me was one of the biggest influences on my work and one of the the greatest things about going to school was I just learned so much about art and artists um, and you know I mean you can spend if, if you don't have that exposure and you just close yourself up in your studio and you start working you know you you tend to just keep reinventing the wheel, you know. Um, and, and listen, yeah. there's nothing uh, more depressing to me than to be having a conversation with an artist um, who just doesn't know anything about art history or art in general or, you know, just seems so uninformed. Um, and, and, and you know, probably that's all on me because it, because I find it so so nurturing to, to, to know about that stuff and so interesting. Right. You know, yeah. but we can get in the conversation in a different way. Hello? Yeah. Oh. Still there? Thought I lost you. No, no, still yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean but but that's <laughs> you know, that's something that uh, people you know, I think that, that a lot of people don't take advantage of or or maybe it's just because they're younger in school, you know. Um you're in your yeah, you're in yeah. your you know, your late teens, early twenties. And uh, uh, maybe it's just not as interesting then, but I think, you know, I went back to school at a later age, and, um, you know, so I was yeah. like, I was all about that. I really wanted to, to learn as much art history and, you know, what, what came before. And, you know, and now the, the classes are, nowadays in, in uh, art colleges, hopefully the classes are a lot better. You know, they're more inclusive. They include a lot more, uh, account for a lot more diverse uh uh, point of view, uh, they they include a lot more uh, women, a lot more minority uh, art for minorities, women uh, outsider artists, oh, okay, yeah. you know things like that. They're a lot more inclusive than just the white male canon that that you know art history classes used to be. And um, so you know, I think I think uh, school really helps in that in that sense. And it doesn't hurt really in any other sense, except sometimes you know, I mean. If you do look at, at the output of a lot of MFA programs, I, I would suggest that you stop at a BFA, actually, yeah. because when you look at the output of a lot of MFA programs, you do see to, seem to see these trends that are almost like this, this sterile kind of art. You know, it's like really uh, hands-off, and it's, um, it's austere and uh, yeah. sterile. And, and, you know, Again, I'm only speaking from my point of view. Um, as a painter, that is anathema to, to any of my concerns, to what I want my art to be, and what I want the art I, I surround myself and look at to be. So, you know, to each his own. But, but I think you can get right, into right. this academic bubble where a lot of people go to school and then they end up just uh, teaching, um, you know, and they don't. They cease to be involved in the communities. They cease to be involved in, in their own work to some extent. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it would be better to stop at a BSA and to go out and get a job and set up your painting easily in your living room or something. I don't know. All right. Who are some of your favorite artists? Well, I've, I've been influenced a lot by um, actually British abstraction from prob oh, yeah. probably the late – 50s and 60s, um, people like John Hoyland and Albert Irvin and 
Basil Beatty, um, Jillian Ayers uh, are all incredible influences on my work. Um, there are a lot of uh, you know people in and around New York uh, that I that I really admire. Thornton Willis is uh-huh. a painter that I really admire. Um, that's working. I'm sorry. Um, who was that? Thornton Willis. Uh, oh, okay. He's, uh, you know, he actually has a show coming up soon in New York. Um, a guy named Larry Webb that's been painting for years in Williamsburg. Um, he's a great painter. Um, and and uh, Hans Hoffmann, you know, some of the old, you know, of course, the Abex guys, uh, German expressionists. Um, Bob Thompson was a great influence early on. I really loved Bob Thompson's oh, yeah. work. I still love his work. Um and then, of course, a lot of the the, the artists that I'm, uh, you know, just involved with on a day-to-day basis are, are also influences, and, and especially in Bushwick, you know, like I was talking about before, the abstract painting scene there. Uh, you have people like uh, Tatiana Berg and Julie Torres. Um, oh, yeah. You know, people like that that are just so involved in the community, and their artwork is so great, and it's just good to – Sharon Butler, um, it's just good to see see their work and be able to, you know – pop around to the studios and see what they're working on and uh it, it's right. a tremendous influence um so also uh there's a guy in, in memphis i just curated the show of an artist uh named dale mcneil uh on a website called curating contemporary that uh painter and Alex oh yeah brian, yeah brian edmonds has that website and uh you know dale's work is great please brian edmonds brian edmonds is the is the guy that runs edmonds. curating contemporary yeah edmonds and uh but the show is of Dale McNeil's work, and uh, he's a, uh, a painter. He's he's currently based in Memphis, Tennessee, but he's he's starting to explore, you know, showing outside of there and the New York scene, and, and he's he's shown in New York and things like that. So I'm really excited about his work. It's a big influence on me, and uh, you know, so so uh, you know, I mean, and of course. You know, you know, as an artist yourself, there are a million more that I'm <laughs> that I haven't named. You know, <laughs> and they all change uh, in importance from day to day. You know, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes somebody is so important, and then you don't think about them for a while, and you come back to them, and man, why haven't I looked at you know, someone Philip Dustin in a while or whatever? You know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like there's something about you know, and and I'm almost holding back from saying it, but there's something about what he does just a small aspect that i can see it related to what you do well i think maybe um one of the things i think is 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 probably uh if i were going to say there's a connection it's probably is that figure ground thing that we were talking about earlier you know yeah. I mean, it's almost like my forms do become these characters i mean they almost have personalities of their own and i think that's that that could be seen as as related to his late, uh, right. you know, fig- more figurative works, um, uh, you know, but uh, so that's that's one aspect that I that I kind of see in it uh, that, that's kind of related to his. Oh, that's good. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's you know, incredible painter. So <laughs> you, yeah. you could do worse than be compared to Philip Gustin. So. <laughs> All right. Well, this this uh, tends to be my favorite question. Uh, um, it's can you use three to five words to describe your work? Well, I th- I thought of this earlier, you know, because uh, and uh, one of the things I kept coming up with was uh, the phrase "an aid against bewilderment," 
because oh yeah yeah because I I think that uh, that for me and for a lot of people uh, art and painting in general it it, it serves uh, to kind of make order out of or to try and make some order out of you know the worlds that we're living in the world we're living in and uh, and I think that that kind of um, that your that your artwork and your time in the studio kind of becomes this this rampart or or bastion uh, to keep at bay all of these outside forces that are constantly you know uh, trying to get in at you and uh, and and it's yeah. also you know physically you're creating you're you're trying to make order out of your world you know you're 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 making your you're showing us your own vision here and um, you're trying to make sense out of uh, out of the chaos and I think that that's uh, that's one of the, the big kind of psychological parts that that art plays uh, in the lives of its practitioners is that it kind of helps yeah. with that and kind of keeps you sane. I just like the idea of how a, a small aspect of it could be, you know, at least through my eyes, that um, it's it's like a small, like each painting can be the, the small record, you know, that you, you take a moment, take a breath, write something down, whether it's a memory or something that's right in front of you or, and, and then you, then you move again and then you make another painting and then you move again. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's so connected, uh, to, to this, to this important, I mean, this important quality. I mean, you know, that's an important thing to do. What you're talking about right there is to stop and take note of what's going on and, and, and pause for a second, and 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 kind of capture this thing, whatever it is that you that you happen to be thinking about at the time, and then moving on. And and but it, but it's but it's very important, I think. Uh, and it's a thing that a lot of artists, especially abstract painters, are drawn to is that idea of uh, periodically slowing down and stopping and taking note of of things. And um, you know, I think that's what that's what painting does in general. And I think. You're you're absolutely right uh, in that for the artist that serves a great purpose pers- personally as well. You know, right? Yeah, definitely does. Definitely. Now I, I haven't. I've just been uh, beginning to dig into the blog that you have, the structure and imagery. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not am I am I wrong in saying that you you know you detail your own work, you talk about shows that are going on and there's even some studio visits involved right yeah um that's that's one of the most yeah i do i i, I mean i i kind of talk about my studio process occasionally and show some of my own work on there occasionally if i have a show coming up i'll put it on there um also i devote a lot of it to two other shows uh that i think people should see or take note of um but yeah the one of the most fun the fun aspects of it is the studio visit thing I do where where I go around to people's studios and just do like a you know like a photo essay of their working environments and um you know I usually take a, a portrait of them I have a portrait of the artist there and a lot of their work but also just the things they're laying around their studios these what what books they're looking at on their shelves and things like that you know yeah yeah kind of give an insight into their not only the physical space, but into the the minds of the artists and you know what they're working on, and that that's a, that's just a, it's such a fun thing to do because, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, the the society of artists is is, is so important um, to us all, and uh, so to be able to get to 
just to, you know, to have like a little pass into somebody's studio and go in and sit around and, and drink a beer and, and talk about their work yeah. and, and <laughs> look at some great art. You know, that's, that's just, I mean, what, nothing better. <laughs> nothing better than that. Right, yeah. And then to put it on the blog and to have uh, other people look at it and to, to, to be able to help, you know, in some small way for these artists that you admire to be able to get a little more exposure and a little more, um, you know, eyeballs looking at their work. You know, that's, that's icing on the cake. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something I enjoy. I really now, enjoyed it. Yeah, that's good. It's, um, I definitely want to look at it some more. Oh yeah. I just, like I said, I just, and, um, there was, you even have, you even feature artists from the past. I think I saw a post about Clifford still. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do a little bit of that. I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I'll put, uh, you know, you know, a poem that I've been reading on there or something like that, you know, um, some, some excerpt from, uh, literature, uh, you know, about, uh, that I've been reading that's about an art, art or artists and, uh, things like that. But I think, yeah. that I think people that are interested in, in what I'm interested in might, you know, might find relevant. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's part of it too. I like to just pick, uh, you know, not only just just uh, people I know or people that are working nowadays in in, in New York and, and Brooklyn, but but also you know artists from the past that have kind of that have always been kind of uh, enthralled with and, and uh, like to feature their work and and uh, get them out in front of people as well. You know, like you know, like you know, there's somebody like you know, I don't know, say Mark Chagall that that you know you haven't haven't thought about in forever. You know, and all of a sudden it's a blog yeah. post and you think, oh, that's you know. I forgot about Marching Hall, <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, and you know, Clifford Still, yeah, one of my, one of my, one of my all-time favorite artists, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and so it's also, it's kind of, a, it becomes kind of a record, really, of what, what, uh, I'm, I'm interested in, what I'm thinking about, um, you know, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm kind of <laughs> dictating to people what I think they should, should see, um, you know, hey, you should look at this, you know. Um, yeah, it's uh, just from my little experience with it. I think it's a great blog. Oh, thanks. Just as far as the 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 content and the variety, you know, and it's not, it's it's yet still connected to one another. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, sure. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing to shoot for. I like that. So. Now, there's actually one question that I forgot about, but it's in my head, but it's not on my sheet here. Sure. Um, do you happen to have an artist quote floating around in your head, or? The one that you want to share? An artist quote. Um, well, I I like this one quote. Um, it's by Willem de Kooning. Um, it's one of my favorite ones, actually. Um, I think I, I first uh, came across it in that big uh, William de Kooning biography, um, and I'll just uh, I can I can read it read it to you here if you like. Sure, yeah, that'd be great. I think it was in a letter that he sent to someone, uh, one of his um, one of his uh, romantic partners or something, but uh, it yeah. goes, uh, it says, because, oh, let's see, um, let's see. It says, of course, to think such things, I have to admit, isn't very grown up. I can't help it. I stayed in this world of childish wonder. I think a lot of creative people never grow up. I am certain that a real man wouldn't paint any pictures or wonder about the universe or believe in dreams or think that trees sometimes look at him. 
And uh, so that that was one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite quotes from an artist uh, because I think it kind of yeah. personifies that that kind of arrested, you know, development that 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 we stay in. You know, where, where these things are important to us that that the rest of the world just seems to to walk past. You know, and and yeah, not really yeah. think of. Uh, there's another great quote that I love. It's by a painter named John Schuler. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was. Uh, one of the abstract expressionists, but he was he was more um, involved in uh, 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 just kind of atmospheric type representations. Kind of think about like Turner's the skies of Turner and things like that, you know. Um, but he did these yeah. paintings like that. He he went to Scotland a lot and painted uh, abstract paintings based on the environment there. But um, one of his quotes was, uh, "I'm a bad father." a bad stepfather, a bad husband, an indifferent friend, a confused and disloyal lover. Only one thing, I'm a good I'm a good painter. And I had damn well become a far better one to make up for all the rest. And that's my oh, that's wow. another, <laughs> that's another <laughs> Because that that uh you know that's kind of an old fashioned attitude too, but 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 that's some one thing that I admire in those old artists that you read about, uh uh, and I, and who knows how much of it was actually true and how much of it is myth, but it seemed that art was the most important thing to them. You know, it was the most, it was the biggest part of their yeah. life. And oftentimes, uh, relationships and, uh, you know, uh, suffered and fell by the wayside, uh, because of that. And, um, right. I mean, even people like you look at relatively, uh, I mean, you know, painters that were, still, you know, Freud, Lucian Freud, um, Frank Arbach, Leon Kossoff, people like that that just that would go that go into the studio, the same studio every day for the last you know forty years and do nothing but paint right. all day, and then maybe they go have dinner with a friend and then come back to the studio <laughs> the next day and paint. You know, I mean, so that 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 quote kind of speaks to that. You know, that 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 kind of uh, importance that art that art has has in our lives and in our psyche and, and sometimes at the expense of, of, of all else but uh, you know that's like that's kind of an old-fashioned notion too I guess but uh, uh, that that quote has always appealed to me yeah well thanks for sharing that. I'm glad you had them at hand because I I know I didn't provide that yeah no it was uh it was in my uh in my notebook here <laughs> that I have here oh okay yeah, it'll be easy to find all right so um, I just wanted to thank you for being a part of Oddcast, Paul. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Uh, it's been nice talking to you. Um, you know, it's one of the things. You know, we we're talking about social media, and this is something that wouldn't have happened uh, probably without social media. Oh, I know. You know so, it's and it's it's really it's really a great thing. It's gotten so much better this project for me because of that. You know, it's like I I used to send cold emails. Now I can you know pick my friends out. Now I have friends you know that are more than a half an hour away right. and I can interview them. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, well, great. And, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, excited to uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, happy painting then. Well, thank you. Thank you. And um, You're welcome. Sure we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We'll be in touch. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going.